0: When we uh, come to this uh, time of the year, of Christmas and summer, what do we think of? Well, we think of family, we think of friends, we think of presents, we think of feasting. But also there lurks in the back of our minds at this time of the year a concern about bushfires, there are few things more terrifying than a raging bushfire. We have seen uh, news footage of a wall of fire blown by gusting winds so the countryside becomes one raging inferno, destroying everything in its path. In January 2003, there was a, in Canberra, there was a terrible fire. In fact, I believe it's the most severe fire that Canberra has ever experienced. In it, suburbs like Duffy, Chapman, Hodder, Torrens, over 500 homes were destroyed, including the Mount Stromlo Observatory and 70% of national parks. And also during that fire, four people lost their lives. The story I'm about to tell you is what happened after the fires were extinguished and people saw their destroyed homes. A family by the name of Greys lived in a part of Canberra untouched by the fire. They had two children, Bev Eight and Ken Ten. The Greys were very good friends with the Wilsons, who also had two children, Pauline, who was eight, and Don, who was 10. The Wilsons had lived in Duffy. And when they returned to their house, after the fires were extinguished, there was nothing left but a burnt-out shell of what was once their beautiful home, surrounded by lush Gardens. When they saw their home, they cried and cried. Everything was gone, including so many precious, irreplaceable personal items and photos, etc. They had nothing but the clothes on their back. And the children had lost all their Christmas presents. In fact, they had nothing to play with. When the Greys had heard what happened to the Wilsons, they quickly went to their aid providing accommodation and meals, but most of all, love and comfort. It was then Bev and Ken saw how Pauline and Don were sad, not knowing when they would be able to get toys to play with. And so they too, they decided, that they would give them something to play with. Bev immediately thought of her uh, old uh, doll and and she pulled that out of her her toy box. And then uh, Ken, he uh, pulled out his old football and thought, I'll give that to Don, seeing I've got a new one for Christmas. And so they couldn't wait for the next day to give Pauline and Don their gifts To make them happy. But that night when Ken and Bev went to bed, they couldn't sleep. They felt something was wrong but couldn't work out what it was. So they lay awake and they thought about the gifts they were going to give to Pauline and Don the next day. And something just didn't feel right. The week before, They had been at Sunday school, and they had learnt that God is a generous giver, and their text was 1 Timothy 6, 17-19, which I'll read to you from the Message Bible. Tell those rich in this world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves and so obsessed with money, which is here today and gone tomorrow. Tell them to go after God who piles on all the riches we could ever imagine to do good, to be rich in helping others, to be extravagantly generous. If they do that, they build a treasury that will last, gaining life that is truly life. From that text, those children learnt that God is a generous giver, that there's nothing stingy about God. So as they lay awake, thinking what they were going to give Pauline and Don, somehow the old battered doll and the worn-out football just didn't seem to cut it, and they felt ashamed of themselves. Also at Sunday school, they had been taught to pray to Jesus about their problems. And so they asked Jesus what he thought would be the best gift to give their sad friends. And as they prayed, they became aware of what they were to give. Bev had received a lovely new doll for Christmas, and Ken had received a gleaming new football. They decided to give Pauline and Don their very best toys having made the decision they immediately fell asleep so happy knowing that they were doing what jesus said the next morning when they saw pauline and don bev gave to pauline and said i want you to have my special doll and ken came to don and gave him his new football pauline and don didn't know what to say. It was like experiencing Christmas all over again. Above all the gifts that Pauline and Don had received from appeals that had been launched to help people in need who had lost everything, they prized those gifts above all. The gifts Ken and Bev gave didn't cost one cent in money terms, but it cost them everything because they valued so highly those gifts given to them by their parents. For those children, it was an enormous sacrifice and perhaps we're thinking that mum and dad then replaced them. No, they did not. At Christmas, we celebrate the giving of a gift like no other. The gift of the baby Jesus given to rescue us from a life of lostness and from an eternity without God. Jesus was a gift of unparalleled generosity from our Father. He could not have given a greater gift. He could not have made a greater sacrifice for a lost and needy world. A world that is just as lost today as it was two millennia ago. I'm amazed at how people in their emptiness settle so easily for what is second best, never beginning to realize that through faith in Jesus Christ, they can have what they've all been, always been looking for, a deep inner peace, a real contentment in life. C.S. Lewis puts it so well when he said, We are so easily satisfied with making mud pies in the slums when we could be enjoying a holiday at the beach. I note in listening to conversations around Christmas I've heard a lot about the Christmas spirit, shopping and flopping, giving and receiving, feasting and family and that's all good because that's what we do. But only a brief mention here and there as for the reason for the season and that is God's gift to us of Jesus who is to be our saviour because of his sacrificial death. This Jesus, though one of us, is Christ the Lord, God in human flesh. There was a moment in time when the being of God changed, something happened which had never happened before and can never happen again, that now in the Godhead is humanity flesh. C.S. Lewis has said this. At Christmas, we remember the central event in the history of the earth, the very thing, the whole story, has been about. When the shepherds heard the angelic announcement, they really had no idea of what kind of saviour the angels meant. They probably thought of a warrior king like King David, who would deliver them from the dreaded Romans and usher in a new kingdom. Then, as now, they did not see the need of a personal saviour. And although today, in secular Australia, many people still believe in God, and most people, when they're in a tight spot, when all else fails, decide to pray. But the average Australian doesn't see the need for a 24-7 personal saviour. So here we are, at this time of the year, Confronted with this God fact, whether we like it or not, that Jesus was born to be our Saviour and Redeemer, that he himself is a gift like no other. The wise men travelled over 1,600 kilometres from Babylon in Iraq to Bethlehem, following a star, to find Jesus. And when they found him, they worshipped him, giving him costly gifts of gold, myrrh, and frankincense. If these most brilliant men of their age took all that time and effort to find Jesus and worship him, don't you think it behoves us and that it is worth our time to do the same? Not just on this Christmas day, but all through the year, to discover daily the truth and the wonder of who Jesus really is and the, really, the real meaning of Christmas. Can you imagine how Bev and Ken would have felt if Pauline and Don had rejected their sacrificial gifts? They would have been heartbroken. Sadly, that is what many Australians will do today. As they gather together it will be about family it will be about friends it will be about feasting about being together but it won't be about Jesus the gift that has been offered to them with the love of God the promise of forgiveness and the promise of peace. Our reading from Isaiah 9 makes it very clear that Jesus is not yet finished with this world. We read in verse 6 of that Isaiah 9, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. The wonderful truth yet to be realised in this world is that Jesus is coming back the Son of God, the God-man, God in the flesh, is returning. But not as a baby, but as our Lord. And on that great day, every eye will see him in all his splendor and majesty and glory. And again, the heavenly host will be singing glory to God in the highest. And when he returns, he will return not as the saviour, but as the judge before whom we will all stand. And then he will set up a new heaven and a new earth and a new kingdom to which there will be no end. And so I urge us all to make it our business, not just today, but all through the year, to seek the presence of Jesus and the gifts he offers. And if we do that, we will find him. The Lord has said in Jeremiah 29 and verse 13, and you shall seek me. But if you seek me with all your heart, your whole being, you will find me. And so I urge you today, if you are not a Christian, if you want to know the living Christ and you search for him you will find him because he is already looking for you. He's already looking for you. And so today, we celebrate and glory in the birth of Jesus. God become man. God become becoming one of us. Let's pray.